Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 228 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So glad that you're here with me today. Rather emotional. Okay, so here's how me filming my podcast usually goes. Uh, I get a guest, we chat, and then it goes in the bank. I'm probably a month and a head, maybe even two months ahead right now in terms of interviews, which is awesome. I love the publicists send me amazing authors and I get to read their books and then I get to talk to them. But it does mean that by the time I release the episode, I haven't talked to them in four or six weeks or more. And I don't want to do that today. You guys, I just hung up with Jasmine Manns. And I cannot remember a guest ever making me cry before on the show. Uh, You're going to love the episode. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. uh, Because she is those things and her book is those things. And I want you to get it and read it. And I'm so moved that I can't, I just can't wait to share it with you. I can't wait six weeks. So um, it's jumping the queue. It's going in front of everybody else. And it's going to go out this week because it's important to me. And the things we talk about in the show about play and love and fear and life and the way we as writers put that on the page. It was an incredible conversation to me. So I hope that you enjoy it too. And I know you will. What's been going on around here? Well, um, you may hear it's a little bit more echoey on the podcast. And for those of you who are audiophiles and who notice those kind of things, I apologize for it. But we are finally starting to pack for the move to New Zealand. It's really getting real. We, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show, but we have to enter New Zealand by August 19th to honor my wife's visa. Um, I can go in anytime, but She's got a visa that we have to enter by August 19th. So that means we have to sell the house. We have to pack everything we own that we want to take, which is almost nothing compared to what we own. We've been in this house for 15 years. We don't have a garage, thank God. We don't have, and we have very small closets, but we still have managed to pack a bunch of stuff into this 1100 square foot home. And we're trying to leave most of it behind. So we are jumping into that. I, um, and my room is just, emptier now. And it's feeling nice. And it's also feeling terrifying. Um, What else is going on? While we're doing that, I'm just trying to figure out some kind of a balance. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to nail it. Because my priorities outside people, who are always my highest priorities, but my priorities are writing, teaching, and then moving. Where do podcasts fit? I don't know. I mean, how do you write? We'll keep going because I've got episodes in the bank and and it's an easy show for me to do and produce. But my newer podcast, You're Already Ready, I think I'm going to move that to a bi-weekly format because I just can't keep up um, with the writing of that podcast and the recording and the release. I love that podcast, but uh, it takes a lot of time. I'm finding I need to squeeze time out of places where I've never squeezed time from before. And that's kind of stressing me out. It's a good stress, but it is a true stress. Uh, physically, I think I've seen one of the last doctors on the list that I needed to see to try to figure out why I was so sick 
for those couple of months. And um, yesterday I was, I saw the specialist, specialist of all the specialists, and she had no answers. So I remain a medical mystery. Still don't know what was wrong with me, and I probably will never know, which is frustrating. But I am just trying to accept it. That is, uh, it's, it's kind of like these things we always, I always talk about with writing. We don't want to write. Writing is hard. Writing is difficult. And we get to accept those thoughts, those feelings, those truths, and still sit down at the desk and do our work. Having those thoughts does not prevent us from doing the work. And knowing that I don't know what my body is doing or has been doing doesn't prevent me from living my life to its fullest. And hey, you know what? I'm really grateful after all these tests, they didn't find something really wrong with me. How awesome is that? Like I was literally disappointed that they couldn't find a diagnosis until, well, I still am a little bit disappointed about that, but then I really did have to snap myself out of it and say they didn't find a bad diagnosis. Hallelujah. Fantastic. I'm really grateful for that. Um, also grateful for the fact that I'm going to have to start remembering what Hush Little Baby, uh, the book that comes out in May from Penguin, it's a thriller, is about because it's been off my desk long enough that I've kind of forgotten. And I have a the first publicity call with my team this afternoon. I'm going to have to try to be professional. I'm still not putting on a bra, y'all. No. Uh, but I'm going to have to try to be professional and remember what I was trying to do with that book and what I would like to share with the world about that book. So that's super exciting. And I love my editor and I love my team. Um, genuinely, I've worked with this publicity team for the last book and they just are really awesome people. Dutton as an imprint is phenomenal and I'm so happy to be with them. So that's coming up this afternoon. Other things that I'm grateful for are so many and I'm just trying to remember them every day. But right now, I just want to say thank you. I'm grateful for you, for you listening to this show. We have this weird, special connection that you allow my voice into your head. And um, that means a lot to me. And I appreciate you for doing that. And I hope that I bring you value. And God knows this show today is going to bring value to your life. So I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, also, I would like to just quickly say thank you to new patrons, Um I can't read her name here. Oh, here it is. Daphne Garrison. Thank you, Daphne. Welcome. And also to Mona McDermott, who is just one of my favorite people. Thank you, Mona, for supporting me. I really appreciate that. And okay, that's all I got to say. I'm feeling gratitude. I'm feeling emotional. Um, get ready to hear me <laughs> panic. <laughs> Because I realize that I'm crying. I must say that, you know, um, ever since Clementine died, I feel like I've really let down some walls and I'm, you know, and I'm sober now and I have feelings and I feel like I allowed so much sadness with Clementine, with Clementine's death to fill me that now the sadness is just like, oh, we got a channel. We know how to get there. We know how to make the tears happen. And, um, yeah, so you'll, you'll, you might be able to witness my horror at realizing I'm going to cry on a podcast, but it's because of what Jasmine reads. And, uh, oh, so open your heart. Maybe um, figure out if you have any tears that need to be shed uh, and enjoy this incredible interview with a phenomenal writer 
And that's all I got to say. So I wish you very happy writing and we'll talk soon, my friends. This episode is brought to you by my book, Fast Draft Your Memoir, Write Your Life Story in 45 Hours, which is, by the way, totally doable when I tell you how. It's the same class I teach in the Continuing Studies program at Stanford each year, and I'll let you in on a secret. Even if you have no interest in writing a memoir yet, the book has everything I've ever learned about the process of writing and of revision and of story structure and of just doing this thing that's so hard and yet all we want to do. Pick it up today. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome to the show Jasmine Manns. Hello, Jasmine. Hi, pleasure to meet you. It's such a pleasure to meet you. It's an honor. Uh, I love your poetry collection that just just came out. Let me give a little bit of an introduction and then we'll chat all things writing. Jasmine Manns is a Black American poet and artist from Newark, New Jersey. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison with a BA in African American Studies. Her debut collection of poetry, Chalk Outlines of Snow Angels, was published in 2012 and Black Girl Call Home Just Out is a love letter to the wandering Black girl and a vital commitment companion to anyone on a journey to find truth, belonging, and healing. Mans is the resident poet at the Newark Public Library, which is so freaking cool. Um, by the way, love a library, but also your your bio, your like you are blowing up. Like you're on all the lists at Oprah and Time and all of these things. How is how is that how is that feeling? You you open for Janelle Monet. Yeah, once in my life it was Back, oh, 2000, maybe 11 or 12. Oh, my goodness. That was a beautiful poetry experience. And um, yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, because I didn't imagine this. I would have been grateful with a, a happy book that came out. And um, and then there was the opportunity to to be great, right? And to go all the way and to be magical. And, and why not? And so I am blessed to have a team that believes in magic. Period. Right? Magic and and fearlessness. I got a lot of fearlessness from your book. Um, mm-hmm. And and of course the fear is in there because you're human, but you also seem to possess the ability to look everything in the face and and mm-hmm. put it on the page. And I really appreciate you for that. Would you mind before we get into the questions? Would you mind sharing a poem with us of your choice? Yeah, I want to give you a love poem because yeah. love makes me so warm. Yay. Um, this is The Light on page 155. Um, stared at a picture of Dorothy Dandridge and Harry Belafonte. Wondered if we still fight the same or bite the same. If they ever made more love than sense. If they ever stared at our generation and just wondered where all the fireflies went. Did they all die or did they just not find us worth the life? Did they not find us worthy of them dressing to the nines in their shy, waiting to become falling stars between the hands of a blushing girl in front of a boy, waiting to give up her audacity and her world? I promise you that if I died tonight in these sheets, I would still want you next to me. Like this love survived all of those riots. I know when you are scared, I held your hand when the hurricane came. Passed me my lighter, I'm sorry, I made you cry. I don't care if you cry, I will always wipe your tears when you cry. And, and I know you did not give me permission to, but, but I already started asking God about you. 
told him, if he doesn't mind, I'd like to make it to heaven before you do, to run your bath water and to make you a plate, to turn your TV to your favorite channel and turn it off and make you believe that you left it that way. And I vowed to never to open the door for a scent other than yours, and I promise, promise to always remember your sin and that we will laugh at everything that hurt when we were humans, like when we were poor, when we slept on our bedroom floor on Leslie Street, when we only had water and grilled cheese, the moment you said, baby, I may not have any money, but I got a soft spot and a melody and a, and a pair of arms that could rock you to sleep. So what? You thinking about taking a chance on me? Well, that, I don't usually cry on my own show, but that, <laughs> that poem brought me to tears when I read it too. Um, I have an amazing wife. And I have an amazing life with her. And we've been together for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. And that is how I feel about her. I want to get to heaven first. So thank you for that. Thank you for breaking me down on the show. I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's those moments like where you can like read a poem to someone you love and bet it. Yeah. Yeah. And these poems I wrote about women that I love and yeah. women who are no longer in my life anymore and 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 women that that really have imprinted on my heart and so it's weird right to like have been removed from so many relationships and have learned so many things and to put all of that on a show and to say I lost so much so much love so many people are written about who are no longer here and um and it's on a shelf now and and that's a it's a mourning, it's a ceremony, it's a joy, um, and it is yeah. an overwhelming undertaking. And it's an honoring of all of that that you had and that you went through and that you had with them. And you also, speaking of the women that you've loved, you also really unpack beautifully the the mother daughter relationship, which is my favorite relationship to explore in my own writing and. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you for doing that. I want people to buy Black Girl Call Home. Just just buy it, people. Put this on your shelf. If it can make Rachel cry on the podcast for the first time in five years, perhaps perhaps you'll like it. Let's um, take down my cortisol level. Um, can we talk about your writing process? When and where and how much and do you, and I'm, because I have only come to, I've come back to poetry this year. I was scarred in grad school and then didn't write it for 15 years, 20 years and have just come back. And I'm, I know how to write fiction and I know how to write nonfiction. I know where that fits in my life, but how does poetry fit into your life as a process? Um, I'm trying. It's so interesting because um it's like an unlearning, right? We get scarred in school. We're, we're taught to be masters of things and to be brilliant and that there is a hierarchy on what language is best and which absolutely other mama or mommy um, is, is it tomato or tomato? Like so much stuff about what is great versus what is lower, what is under. And um, for me, it has become and what I'm learning as I as I experience life more and as I engage as a student with so many elders and in, in the work of so many elders before me, it's about playing. It's about I literally just wrote the word play on my notebook to make sure that one of us said it. You play in this book. 
it's about playing and joy and discovery and and like my coffee mug holds can hold poetic depth just like the bark of a tree just like a mother if if sometimes if we're listening properly and so what what I'm trying to teach myself as a scholar who's removed from school is to place value in depth in things and um and relativity in things because people want to feel related to and remembered even when it comes to how we approach our objects and so my process sometimes it's read a bunch of books and do some research and take notes and, and structurally build a poem. And I can very well be emotionally removed. And sometimes <laughs> it's so emotional that the poem doesn't happen. And I'm just in this emotional space until maybe a few weeks later, the poem does happen. Um, but sometimes like, even like when you're thinking up a good meal, uh, like for your wife, it takes preparation. Um, before, way before you get to the actual turning of the stove on, you might have to even go to the grocery store or go to the fish market a couple towns over. But the preparation that it takes mm. can always be different, depend on depending on what we're writing and what the stakes are. Right? If we're writing to get somebody back, um, or if we're writing to say thank you, um, but sometimes the stakes are different. How do you, it, for this particular collection, there you do so many different things inside the collection, and there are there are a lot of poems, and they're they're different styles, they're different placements, there's different fonts. That you've got narrative, um, prose poems. You've, you've even got the the sketch in there of um, how do you decide what to put into a book of poetry? This is I know this is like a newbie basic question, but. Um, no, um, you sit with it. I wanted to create a flow a routine. I was saying to someone, it's just like, I keep using these food references. Um, but you know, you taste something until you know it has enough salt. Um, and, yeah. then, and then you might have to dial, you might have to dial it back a little bit because it might be too much salt in there. Um, and so it was just a matter of tasting. And so it was the perfect taste. Um, and so there was the perfect organization. And, and that took tenderness and love and rereading and gentleness and, and a lot of rereading. I remember being like, I don't think we're ready. I don't think I'm ready. And, and, um, but it, it does take constant tasting. And, and, and we looked at each poem individually, but then we had to look at poems next to each other. How did just like musicians think like, well, but, but how does this sound, song sound coming after this song? And so that's the same similar concept of like, is there a flow? Where's the art? Where's the emotion? Is there too, is, is it too emotional here? Um, and how do we bring them out of their emotions? At, at the end of the book, are they home? Did, did you start home and did you bring them back home? That was the, that was the number one point to go back home. Um, and so that's what I hope I did. It was a lot of processes throughout the writing of this because the stakes were all different. There were poems where I was like, you're honoring your mother. There were poems where I was just like, you have to deliver this message that historically happened properly. Yeah, um, you you dive so 
deeply and bravely into the women whose bodies were used for medical research and, and assumed that they had no pain. And you look at that, but then you fit it into a book, which also includes, you know, lightness. And the fact that you're able to do that in a, in a rhythmic way that leads the reader through perfectly is just outstanding. Those themes, that was a huge theme of the women's bodies. Mm-hmm. And I, my mind was stuck in that space in research while writing because I was thinking about those women's bodies. And then I was thinking about Whitney Houston too. Yeah. So multiple poems in the book, if you find that, I, I repeat, they don't give our bodies back to them. Yeah. And and so often when we talk about poetry and literature, we don't repeat things. Like you do, you're not supposed to repeat things. Don't recycle lines. But there was a moment where I decided that I want people to remember this line. And it, it, it was fluid throughout the book. And I was nervous about creatively. Is that a decision that's okay to make? Does it seem a bit amateur? And and I was like, no, this is what I want. This is a refrain. This is a no yeah. I want people to hold on to when we talk about the Black woman body. And um, I'm so happy that you caught on to those. You're actually the first person to ask me about those pieces. And, and those were the pieces that were the hardest and, and the pieces that I wrote the latest in the collection. It's so much about the body. It's so much about the corporeal form and from the mother to these women lost and unnamed and to you and your lovers. And then there's that incredible one where your grandmother loses grandfather next to her and his corporeal form stays in bed, but he, he leaves without her. Like it's all about the body and naming it and claiming it. And it's incredible. Thank you. Oh, 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 I have chills. Um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to doing this work? Um, I think I have a couple of challenges um, receiving myself. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? You have imposter syndrome of like, is this okay? Can I run away? Now? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's pretend like this is not happening. Um, and when you think you're brave, you poke out your chest and you're like, we're doing this. My dreams came true. Amen. And then you think you better be careful what you wish for. Now everybody's going, what if, now, what if, what if you got a book deal? What if everybody read your poetry? And you're like, no, don't. <laughs> and people are taking photos of the book open. And I'm like, don't you dare. It's as if your diary was left open at someone's party. Like how I'm offended. I'm appalled. How dare you take and you just snatch it up and you run away. I am naked out here and afraid, but we're going to do this. It's beautiful. We've come this far for reasons that I think are good and positive. And I believe in those things. And so I'm still dealing with the rawness of it. Like y'all got all my, all my stuff here, all the laundry. Um, But it was, I, I, I was intentional about it though, about how I wanted to shape people and narrative and love. And so even to like, um, like one of my ex-girlfriends is in the book and I haven't spoken to her in a few years and 
Um, I was wondering about that. You know, I was wondering about that. And um, and I, I wonder what she thinks about it. Like, will, will yeah. she be angry that I mentioned her name? Um, will she feel honored? Will she know that I've learned a lot from her? Um, and, and I didn't want to write the book without mentioning her because I was just like so much about what I learned about myself and love is connected to that woman and so many women. And, um, and some of you just have to say like, thank you and I'm sorry. And, um, and I hope that this honors so many people in so many ways. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What is your biggest joy when it comes to doing this work? Seeing people feel seen. Yeah. What See, a gift to give. Yeah, when people feel like, when people tell you that that's their story, I think that's the biggest joy. Because they remind me that I'm not alone. It's just yeah. like, people are like, why do you do this? I want to remind people that they're not alone. But then when someone says, I read your work in on this page, it's like, oh, no, you're actually reminding me that I'm not alone. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Could you share a craft tip of any sort that you use in your poetry? Um, I was trying to find this quote about craftsmanship that I say all the time, but it's not coming to me. <laughs> um, I, I go back to to play. That playing is the most significant thing. Um, to find inspiration in everything, and so often the conflict with inspiration is so many artists in different mediums will say, "I'm waiting for inspiration. I'm waiting for the song, for the image to paint. I'm waiting," and um, and so now your craftsmanship is always dependent on an outside variable to hit you in the head and supposed to be inspirational. But um, like, I remember a friend of mine held a red cup and said, this is fire. And it was fire because he said it was. Yeah. And, um, and this is my little sheep here that a friend got me. But it's a cloud and it's a cloud because, because I said it is. And, um, and if I'm gonna say this, then what, what is the work that I'm going to do to prove that to you? And, and, and that's what I'm doing here as a poet. And, and that should be playful and joyful. And I'm realizing that, that poetry and the, the form, the practice of writing has to be playful and joyful because we have to get through. And, and, and we have to be able to write traumatic things and you can't stand in trauma without giving yourself joy. That's why when you have so much salty foods, they have to give you an extra large soda. Um, <laughs> that's, per- that's exactly right. <laughs> the contrast, yeah. Yeah, if, we, if, if I'm gonna say or try to be brave enough to stand in the narrative, it has to hold joy. It, the body doesn't exist without both. Ah. <sighs> Yes. Yes. What thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way? Running. Um, Actually, like physically running. Physically running. 
um, I realized because sometimes, oftentimes I don't want to write poetry, like especially engaging in black literature. I do call myself a black poet and I do write about things that are engaging black folks. And I don't, like someone's like, what inspires you to write about death? And I'm like, it's not like a, a, a gorgeous, beautiful thing that happened upon me. And like, I can say gorgeous things about murder or harm or trauma, right? Um, and, and running helped me notice that you, you are going to do things that are hard and that don't feel good, that are important and that are right. And I get up and I run every day and it's hard and I don't like it, but it's right and I have to do it. And, and it's a part of the discipline. And I didn't know that my body needed to be disciplined in order for my mind to show up there, right? Um, and so that's what I'm learning. I'm learning how the body and the mind engages each other emotionally in order to induce a product and if I'm gonna do this, we have to be healthy and safe. And um, running puts yourself, puts you in a space of like, this ain't fun, this ain't, but it's gonna render me something good. Mm -hmm. And um, and the same with writing hard stuff. This isn't going to writing about some of this stuff. Don't feel fun at all, but it's it's worthy. And how do I get my body to stay present when I want to run away from the computer? When I run a run away from the pen, it, it keeps you disciplined. That like my body can, I can stay here longer and do it. I'm not, I'm okay. And I, I think that. that yeah, Which that that physical training. I ran. Uh, I've run two marathons, and now I don't run at all. Now I swim. But um, but I ran when I when I completed my first marathon. Shortly after that, I was able to complete my first novel but I had never been able to complete a book until I proved to myself that my body could carry me over a finish line, which I thought was impossible. Yeah. So, and I always think that those things are linked. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it all starts with our mind um, and, and, and the body does, does follow and they have to be, they have to work together. Yeah. Un unfortunately, I would like just to be a brain. That's what I would really like, but it doesn't work. <laughs> what is the best book that you've read recently? Oh my gosh. Well, I just read Sula. Um, I, that was a read, ah. and I just read it and um, I'm in love. Oh, um, on earth for briefly gorgeous. I have that from the library right now and I haven't cracked a spine yet. It's so good. We just read it. I would just love for you to just call me back so we could talk about that. But <laughs> I would, I, and I borrowed it. I gave it to somebody and I had all my notes in it because I'll write poetry within someone's poetry book and within someone's novel. Oh, and I'm reading it and I'm just like, I'm so inspired that I'm writing all through it and I let someone borrow it. And I've been trying to get that book back. And you just reminded me to go get my book. You have to get that book back. Yes. Let me get it. And I, I that book is... Stella. Okay. I can't. I'm going to start it tonight. That's what I'm going to do. Can you tell the listeners where to find you? Please. Uh, yeah. Any uh, YouTube Jasmine Mans for all creative work. Um, Poet Jasmine Mans on Instagram. And 
And if you by chance find yourself interested in Black Girl Call Home, it's available at Target, Barnes and Noble, and Amazon. And 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 why not request it at your local library and independent bookstore? Local libraries are the best. Independent booksellers are the best. But hello, congratulations on getting Target. Oh yes, right. Huge, huge. Oh my goodness, Jasmine, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for this conversation. I feel like hanging up with you and trying to write a very bad poem, which then I can polish later, which is what we do. Very. That's what life is about. All yeah. of our. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for everything. Um, congratulations on finishing your media blitz today. Now you can relax and have something delicious to eat, hopefully. And thanks for being here with me and my listeners. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Pleasure is mine. Talk soon. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.